podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In episode 18 of the NFL Men Zone, we discuss the Lions' almost fairy tale story, the concerning Cowboys, Deshaun Watson, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone. Orion, not Dan Yates and Chris Tebbett here ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. It's another week with no Dan, who is still questionable to return after coming down with an illness. Do you fancy our chances of holding it down, Tebs? I think we can. I think we can manage it. Obviously, you know, Dan's out there. Get well soon, Dan. That's all we can really say. He, hopefully he'll be back. But we thrive, don't we, Tebs? You know, we're we're two intelligent chaps with lots. That's because of- we're the backup. That's because we're that's because we're the backups. We're the backups. That's why we're the Mike. We are the Mike White of American football podcasting. Yeah, well, if he's the Zach Wilson, then I fancy our chances better than his. Yeah, through that, through that. Um, right, Tebs. Obviously, donning the Miami uh, the Miami cap. Um, quick takes on last week. It was an interesting one for you. Guess bit of a struggle, but the uh, the the end result was definitely a good one. Yeah, the party has not stopped at Casa Tebbet uh, this week. It's been non-stop. It honestly is. Every time you know, I think, oh, you know, life gets a bit down. I just think Dolphins win playoffs. Don't care. Don't care about anyone else. P- people can't be saying, oh, they're going to get smashed by the Bills. Don't care. Made the playoffs. Uh, the game was. It was a mix of shocking and stressful, so yeah, basic. But yeah, basically, it's like when you accidentally electrocute yourself. <laughs> you know, it was just sh- shocking and stressful. It's just not, not the situation you want to be in. But uh, I mean, made it. I mean, I love <laughs> Great. that. I love that. What what a fantastic explanation of uh, of an American football match. And uh, in fairness. That's the wonder of sport. It makes you feel things that um, other things truly can't. And there's not many things that help makes you feel a range of emotions in such in such a short period of time. And that is why we love sport. So yeah, an electric shock of a game for Tebs. Hopefully this week will be better. Although he's playing the Lions, so maybe this one will just be. I'm playing the Bills. I wish I was playing the. Oh, no, not the Lions. The Bills. Uh, maybe you're, yeah, you're gonna feel like you just plugged straight into the mains this week, and you're just gonna get yep. a shock. Mike. Might simply might not even watch it. Um, no, 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 no. You can't do that because Tebs. Do you know what you will do? Really watch it, and if things go poorly, where are you gonna go? Well, where I'm gonna go is I'm gonna come straight back to the NFL red zone because I can feel in my blood that Skylar Thompson will probably not throw a touchdown this week because you know maybe maybe your first string quarterback has a concussion, maybe your second string quarterback has broken his finger on his throwing hand, and then your third string quarterback doesn't throw a touchdown in the game but still makes it to the playoffs that is a situation in which the nfl vent zone is for you I'm not saying it's specifically for dolphins fans you should you could support the packers be eliminated from the playoffs by the by the lions and watch aaron Rodgers probably ride off into the sunset we don't know but those are sort of things you can come in the nfl vent zone and say aaron Rodgers is old and he wasted his last year but who knows who knows you might say that i don't know i'm not you <laughs> You might, yeah. The challenge, challenge. Over to you guys, the fans. 
So, the fans, we are here for you. That's what Tebs is. Uh, that's what Tebs's message is all about. We are here for you. This is the NFL Vent Zone. This is your place to come and vent. As a Cowboys fan is just about to do for us. So, to get your vents on the podcast, send them over to NFLVentZone at gmail.com or connect with us on social media. Put a uh, put, send a message to our DMs. Uh, slide in our DMs or join our Facebook group, NFL Vent Zone. All of those methods. Get your vents to us. We'll get them on the podcast. We'll chat about them uh, on on air. Right. I've already given it away. The Cowboys are first up, unsurprisingly. What a week for them. So I've got quite a long comment here from a uh, Dallas Cowboy fan, Lee Taylor. Uh, I'm just going to read. I'll read some of it. I've never liked McCarthy as a coach, but last night was the worst I've seen for many seasons. Even the happy clapper could have done better. Now, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't know who the happy clapper is. Maybe someone... That's Jason Garrett. That's their former head coach. Uh, he would always... He would always... He would always uh, that's all he'd do. Every day's a lesson. I would never understand the continuous handoff to Elliott on first and second down, which puts us in third and long, only to try and throw the ball deep. Let's see Dak almost throw a pick, and then go for the same play on the very next down, just so he can keep the straight streak alive. That's obviously referring to when... He eventually did get his pick six that he was seemed to be trying so hard to hand over to the Kuandas. Um And you kind of get the general message there. So, yeah. I mean, truly, what was that from the Cowboys? That was, uh, that was not what you want to see as you head into the playoffs. That's the last thing any fan would want to see as you go into the playoffs, right? Well, it gives the rest of the NFL fan base hopes, the people who don't support the Cowboys... Because the people who don't support the Cowboys hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. I don't like anyone who supports the Cowboys. Right? <laughs> like, it's perfect because, like, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's not too much of a shock. For me, it's like, you know, the commanders do the commanders things and sort of ruin um, expectations of another divisional opponent. But that's the thing with the NFC East. It's one of the most competitive and hate-filled divisions in the NFL. I'd say it is. Most like that, everyone really, really hates each other. Whilst in some divisions, the animosity simply isn't there. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, the Cowboys aren't going to win the Super Bowl. That's it. I'm yeah, not, well, not... If, if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl, which I agree, I think that it's not looking that way. Although, I have noticed throughout this season that we've got a really good track record of making bold statements on a podcast that get proven wrong in literally that the, the following week. So um, I think that says quite a lot about us in a quite a negative way. And hopefully this doesn't precede the Cowboys going on an impressive Super Bowl run and you have a hot bad... I really, really hope not. I really, I really hope not. not. But the thing that we have in our favour, Tebs, is that Dak Prescott now is tied for a league-leading 15 interceptions this year, which is even more alarming when you consider that he missed a number of games at the beginning of the season and he has attempted... 100 to 150 passes less than most other quarterbacks. Yet he's still there tied with Davis Mills for a league-leading 15 um, interceptions. Now, if they're going to win in the playoffs and if they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, they're going to need Dak to be a lot better. And that was potentially his worst game, certainly of the season, but potentially, I don't know. I mean, it was pretty dire. So Dak Prescott, which, what do, you, do you think that do you think that he is a liability for the Cowboys in the playoffs and can potentially be 100%. 100% he's a liability. Um, you know, Dak Prescott's quarterback skills have definitely come under a lot more scrutiny over the past 
two or three years, especially last year when he was injured and um, they continued to win, is wasn't Ben DiNucci. Who was there on the backup? I've forgotten who, what was his name. From the beginning of this year? Um, Producer Kess, yes. you come for us. Are you talking about the beginning of this year? The guy, I, I, my, my, he's, he's gone from my mind, but he was... Um, he was number four in QB, QBR, like, after three. Exactly. Like, all this sort of shows is that the, the Cowboys can't do it without Dak. And if there's the continued sort of presence of this liability status, then, you know, they, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if they bring in Cooper Rush. Yes, thank you very much, Holly. Um... If they bring in like some actual competition for him at the QB spot, I think that is what could very well make the Cowboys a championship team. Just because like he needs someone to get better. He wants to get paid. Um and he just needs to perform uh a lot better. It's as, it's as simple as that. Especially when you have Pollard who's just who's probably got himself at least a couple tens of millions more just with his performance this season um yeah it's I, it's funny you bring up pollard because uh he has been awesome um and obviously the uh the venter there uh referred to zeke now Dak prescott was awful in that game against commanders he was 14 of 37 um pollard had uh 2.7 yards per carry and zeke had 1.2 now we have come to expect not that not numbers that bad from zeke but you know, we've come to expect kind of measly numbers from Zeke, but Ponard only 2.7. The whole team was off that week against the Commanders. It was one of those. It was one of those weeks where everything just goes wrong. You know, they they botched a they botched a punt. They had the Dak pick six, and then he had a fumbled punt return um, in which they gave uh, the opposition short field. So then, they, if in order to win during the playoffs, you can't make any mistakes at all, and. Maybe the way to look at this positively from a Cowboys perspective is maybe they just needed that game. They got all of their issues out the way and uh, they're not going to make any more for the rest of the playoffs. That's very wishful thinking from a Cowboys fan. Obviously, you and me aren't Cowboys fans, which means we hate them. So I hope they make lots of mistakes. Uh, right. Uh, bad news from this week. Obviously, with, uh, with, it, with it being the, uh, the last week of the regular season, uh, we see some coaches losing their jobs, some head coaches and some uh, and some other uh, positional coaches around the league. One of those was Lovey Smith. Um, this is quite a significant firing because uh, this is the second year in a row now that the that the Texans have fired a head coach after pretty much that coach having absolutely no chance, being given nothing really to work with. And in fairness, I think that's two years in a row that the coach has actually got some good performances out of his team uh, none more than week 18 uh, and the incredible incredible effort um, by the uh, Houston Texans to lose the number one overall pick um, Tevs what did you what do you think of that game I mean to me it was probably my favourite game of the week yeah it was definitely uh, surprising that the Texans managed to pull off um, to, to pull to, to pull it off you know they basically it's the whole thing if you have one job you have one job, like, that game didn't matter. Neither team is playing for better playoff seeding. It doesn't matter. Like, you could just, you could just not. You could just tell the kicker, maybe wide left, maybe wide right, maybe just miss it by inches. 
Um, but you, okay, yeah, but it's classic Texans. However, on the other hand, um, I don't think them becoming the second overall pick really is that prominent of a an issue for them. You know, the the Bears. Now, this is obviously staying if the Bears aren't going to trade the number one pick. Um, me personally, I think that they are. Um, yeah. If the Bears stay, the Bears aren't going to pick a quarterback. You know, as much as as much as their head coach is like, oh, maybe we'll pick a quarterback, you're not going to pick a quarterback. Like, you're not. Justin Fields, when Justin Fields' um, playbook was opened up, he was phenomenal. He was able to, you know, embarrass a lot of teams. And there are, there are a lot of key pieces that the Bears need to fix. QB is surprisingly not one of them. Um, and yeah, the Texans... Is- They've got issues yeah, everywhere. Exactly. Which is why, so go ahead, Karen says. Which which is why I think that the the Bears are going to especially in quite a QB heavy draft class, unlike last year. Um I think the Bears are gonna trade the first for just a slew of top round picks in maybe the more probably like they'll go back down in the one and then they'll probably aim for like a high two and a high three you know what i mean um that's what i think has happened the texans are going to pick a cube they are going to pick a qb like that's where they struggle with there's enough of them um i don't think it's that i don't think it's that um shocking of a loss i don't think it's going to change much um for the houston texans future yeah i agree i think that um i, I agree i think that the bears will trade out there but i still think it's a massive loss for the the Texans. I mean, you just think back to um, where it wasn't even that long ago that we were talking about the Jets having a meaningless win against the Rams in a similar situation, and that meant that they got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that they, they they landed Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. Again, mm-hmm. it's very clear uh, that looking back in hindsight, getting Trevor Lawrence would have been more important than that meaningless win. So if we now yeah. translate that to the present day and you look at the Texans. Yes, the Bears will probably trade out of that pick. However, I know, sorry, yes, the Bears, I'm going to take a quarterback. But if they trade out of that pick, it's going to be for a quarterback. And that means all of a sudden, the Texans are going to be stuck with the second quarterback in uh, in this year's draft. And now that might not be an issue because you just look at, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, who was a first round pick. You could argue that, well, that's und- undoubtedly that was a bad number one overall pick because he's on his third team. Um, so it doesn't work out every single time, but taking having the choice of the second overall quarterback is going to be worse than the first. And if you just look at how the Jets are now in comparison to the Jaguars, who are now laughing in the playoffs with Trevor Lawrence, the Texans, I think, should be concerned. So it begs the question, Tevs. If in a situation like this, where, uh, where the Texans have... Uh, won this game, lost out on the number one overall pick, what would you have preferred your team, if you could take yourself back to before the game took place, what would you want your team to have done? If that was the Dolphins and they just needed to lose the game to get the number one overall pick, would you want them to lose the game or win the game for that moment of pride? Realistically, like, because, you know, unfortunately... For Texans and Colts fans, people might not want to hear this. 
that game didn't matter. You know, like, it, it's not like, you know, if the Colts beat the Texans, then, you know, then the Colts will make the playoff and maybe the Texans don't want that. No, it's like, no one cares about that game. Um, like realistically, like, obviously, if you go out there and play, I'd basically say, like, you know, just have a good end to the season. Don't try too hard, you know. But, yeah. Like, yeah, having yeah, that... Like, as I've, as I've said, I don't think it's going to be... As of as it currently stands, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue for the Texans. However, you know, you could alleviate any doubt that is now there if you just had the number one overall pick. It's very difficult to tell professional athletes to lose deliberately. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that. But you could get a bit more experimental and just lessen your chances, I suppose. Um, Especially at the quarterback position, because, like, like, Mills knows he's... His goose is cooked. So, like, you can't basically be like, make sure you suck now so we can get someone to replace you. You know? And uh, who did he replace? Deshaun Watson, who we're going to talk about next. Um, To a certain degree, he replaced him. So, Deshaun Watson is an interesting character. We've spoken a lot about him, obviously, earlier uh, in the season, and uh, we all made our opinions... Uh, very clear on uh, on 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 him as a person and how we re- really felt about him coming back into the league. So uh, I think that him sucking for the rest of his career, we would enjoy as some form of justice. However, he is back in the league uh, and that means people do have to analyse him from a football perspective. So let's do that today. It's way too early to evaluate him, really. But I still want to have a quick discussion about where we think he is because... I don't know if you've managed to watch that much of the Browns games over the last six weeks in which he's played. Uh, it's not been the most entertaining, so I wouldn't blame you for not having watched it. But he has not been good, frankly. There have been signs of improvement and there have been little flashes of um, of, of exciting plays and, and him being a dynamic player. But at the end of the day, this week he took seven sacks and had two disgraceful interceptions. Now, he was off the field for two years, so you're not expecting him to be good at this point. That's fine. I understand that. You're not expecting him to be good. However, are you expecting him to be a little bit better considering you paid $240 million guarantee and you took the risks and the PR crisis to get him in your building? Do you think that Brown's front office would be wanting to see just a little bit more out of the guy who is now the face of their franchise? 100%. Like The, the biggest key factor in all of this is Deshaun Watson, you know, even with the, you know, all the legal um, allegations against him, is the highest paid quarterback in the league. And that's absolute madness. He's going to be... Biggest contract ever. He's got the biggest guarantee. It's not just the highest paid. Mad. Exactly. So, do I think that they want to see some more out of him? Yes. However, I don't feel as though... um, you know, with him coming in, you know, two-thirds of the way through the season, pretty much, um, and not performing very well, also having the two years off, um, I don't think it's that huge of a surprise, to be completely honest. Um, I think, I think if the if he's if he doesn't have good quarterback play next year, that's when it's like a oh Christ. We have absolutely shafted 
the entire franchise. Um, <laughs> but 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 this year, you know, like having to rely on. I know, like I don't, I really don't like Jacoby Brissett. Um, but you had to rely on someone else for the foreseeable um, amount of the Brown season to then come in and have to basically guide a ship that you have had nothing to do with for 11 weeks um, was always going to be challenging. So realistically, it's, am I surprised? No. Are the Browns office probably there raging? Probably not. Um, but I believe that next year, if Deshaun Watson isn't isn't what the Browns wanted, which was the Deshaun Watson from the Texans who took them to playoff after playoff after playoff, um, that's when that is when we can all turn around to the Browns and go, "You are scumbags!" and laugh in their face. You know. So think, as of yeah. now, I don't think it's a problem. No, I think I take your point. Uh, I have got a counter argument that uh, I hope might might make you change your decision slightly. Um, but yeah, I think that at the moment they're not panicking too much. However, I think that they would be ever so slightly apprehensive because he hasn't shown enough to the point where you can just if he'd if had if he'd had a really strong last two games, uh, even if the first four were awful for the last two games, they could go into the off season and at least have the confidence of knowing that he is you know what they paid for. Because he has been as bad as he has and as, you know, making mistakes in the way that he has. Yeah, of course, that's to do with time. But it means that there is that small possibility that they could come back in September of next year and he still looks like that. They don't know that. So I think that there is going to be slight levels of apprehensions for that front office. And um, obviously, I think that those first games next year, whether that's preseason, they're going to be tense moments for them because they're going to need to see something. The one thing that I am, um, I'm using as a, an argument as to how you would you should have actually expected more from Deshaun Watson. Let's look at Brock Purdy. Now he's obviously not had a massive break like Deshaun Watson has, but he's a third string quarterback who wouldn't have been working with the first team for the majority of the uh, majority of the season. He has come in with six weeks to go, I believe, and. Straight away, he's been uh, a very, very, very competent quarterback and uh, a very much above average quarterback. I think the QB rating probably around 115. He's outshone Deshaun Watson um, by a long, long way. What does that kind of does that context change anything for you? Obviously, they've come in from different situations in the sense that Brock Purdy has been playing regularly, but come from a college system, whereas Deshaun Watson has sat on the bench for a year and a half. So as therefore maybe a little bit more rust to knock off. But in theory, Deshaun Watson had more practice in the offseason with his team than Brock Purdy would have done. Um, what do you think? I feel like that's more to do with the teams than anything else. Um, I think the 49ers were in a situation where Shanahan has made a system that you can, like, it really doesn't matter who's that quarterback. You're probably going to have a high degree of success with obviously basically everyone the 49ers and the Eagles are probably the two most complete teams um in the NFL um so I think that's got more to do with Brock Purdy's success comparatively to um Deshaun's like we've seen it with sort of the Colts this year as well like the O-line hasn't been as um they haven't been as good you know um I do agree with you in the sense of 
realistically you would have wanted to have seen something a bit more towards the tail end of the season. Um, but again, I still don't think that there's going to be panic on the uh, shores of Lake Erie um, right now, given the quarterback position. You know, I think they'll go. Out, I think they'll go out. I think they'll um, get some more weapons for him because, like you know, he doesn't have um, a DeAndre Hopkins. Well, given given the news from the Cardinals, he very well might have DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but yeah, That's a good I would be worried. We'll have to save that for a, uh, a an, an off season uh, projections podcast. Uh, but right now, we've got to move on. Uh, you are listening to the NFL Vent Zone, and uh, we want your vents. So send them to us, nflventzone at gmail.com. Get your vents into us on the show. We'll discuss them, um, obviously, with Dan when he's back and when he's recovered. Um, who we miss so very dearly. Uh, right, we've been running a competition. over the last, So in December, we ran a competition. It was our second competition for an NFL cap of the winner's choice. And uh, the first one was uh, went to a fellow Dolphins fan for you, Tebs. And uh, now it is time to announce the winner of our next competition. So there, in order to enter this competition, all you had to do was join our Facebook group. Um, the competition is now closed, but it's still worth doing that because, of course, there's loads of gems in there. And you'll find out when we do our next competition. And chosen by random number generator earlier, I can now announce our winner. Carl Griffith. So congratulations, Carl. You're the winner of a cap of your choice, an NFL cap of your choice, I should say. Um, we'll reach out to your social media to get your choice. Uh, but yeah, we'll be running competitions again um, at some point. Do you know who he supports? Do you know who he supports? I, I don't know. No, I don't. But we'll find out soon enough and uh, we'll allow tech because everyone wants to know. Uh, right. Tebs, we've spoken a little bit about the Dolphins already, but... Uh, you're going to take us away on them again. Well, it's it's simple as it's uh, you know the the <laughs> one thing I get a lot is within the work that I do for um, in American football on the uh, British side is people just assume that I've been a lifelong American football fan, but that's not the case. You know, I started playing in 2016, uh, 2015, and I only really started becoming like an actual proper. Basically, I started pumping it directly into my bloodstream, probably about in twenty mid twenty sixteen. Um, so like, like I was like I was conscious and I was alive when the Dolphins made the playoffs, but like I wasn't a fan. So right. since I've been a fan, they've sucked. They've sucked. They've sucked. They've sucked. The Lord and Savior to a tag of my Lord came into our lives and changed it all. But Dolphins made the playoffs. This is it. There's no vent. It's just, just that statement. The Dolphins have made the playoffs. Don't care about the game. Don't care that we've got the Bills. Dolphins have made the playoffs. That's it. We're a good team now. We're a good team now, and you can't slow us down. Apart from every other team. Congratulations. Uh, perhaps we'll make you a nice uh, uh, welcome to the playoffs medal or a little uh, trophy. That's it. Honestly, mate, I'm just... No, but here's the thing. This is... Yeah, you want my event is... People not seeing it as an accomplishment because... Their teams constantly are in the playoffs. I had a Chiefs fan tell me, oh, you you have to play this weekend? Oh, shocking. It's like, no, shut the fuck up. Let me have this. Let me have this. I don't care about the 49ers making the... Always made the playoffs. Chiefs, make the playoffs. Patriots, 
bye bye, bye, you don't make the playoffs, no, you know, it's, people need to start recognising accomplishments for shit teams, and making the playoffs is one of them, alright, it's like the first overall pick, being the seventh seed, alright, let us have this, let the shit teams and the shit teams fans, let them just have it, be happy for me, don't start complaining, alright, when I am happy. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. You are now like formally confirmed as one of the top seven teams in the AFC. That's a, that's an accomplishment. So, and there's definitely something to be happy with. I'm not entirely sure how far it's going to go beyond that, but like you said, who cares? You you you've accepted that. Let's be honest. It looks like you're starting Skylar Thompson against Josh Allen. We are Bill. Bill. So, I think that you the approach that you're taking is probably a healthy one to take because. Uh, this is not a situation where I want you to be getting your hopes up too much. Uh, now, if Dan was on the podcast, I I know that he would ask this, so I'm going to ask it for him. Tevs, would you like to use this as an opportunity to formally apologise to Jason Sanders, uh, as someone who you vented about earlier in the season? No, genuinely no. I'm I I know that the the point that me and Dan had in that discussion was you know if in a big game scenario. Would I would I now trust Jason Sanders? And I said I don't know. Obviously, biggest game situation that the Dolphins have had in, you know, seven years, six years, and he drills it. He drills it. We're in the playoffs now, right? Even still, you can't be missing kicks, and they've already announced. So this is why I don't really see it as you know. Would I like to apologize? No, because the Dolphins have already announced that. Um, after one of the games where he did a very poor performance, so they're going to bring in competition for him next year. You know, so it's not like um, the sentiment isn't shared with me and the Dolphins head office. Did he do a good job? Was the King incredible? Yes. However, he's missed enough. He hasn't been as automatic as he was last season. So there is a drop off of quality. I don't want to apologise. Kick better. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. I, uh, you know, I gave him the opportunity, you chose not to, and I respect it. That's fine. Uh, before we move on, I do just, it's worth noting, obviously, the team on the other side of the ball, uh, the New York Jets, who had a similarly uh, tricky year at the quarterback position. But there's, there were, there, we, we've spoken a bit about draft classes this year, especially with Dan being a Seahawks fan and the, the, the good haul that they had. It's worth noting here, in this game, Garrett Wilson had nine for 89 yards, which, uh, you know, I mean, those are not massive, but he had an incredible season as a wide receiver, rookie, as a rookie wide receiver. And then on the other side of the ball, Sauce Gardner had, uh, he held Tyreek Hill to 23 yards on two catches. Not many quarterbacks have done that to Tyreek Hill this year. It seems that Tyreek Hill has had 100 to 150 yards every single week. Now, that is, those are two rookies on each side of the ball that could be the rookie of the year. So uh, before we've moved away from uh, the, this topic, it was worth just mentioning that because that is an exciting, exciting future for the New York Jets, even though they didn't make the playoffs. You're shaking your head. Tyreek Hill was injured that game. Like, he was. Like, Source Gardner, like, do I think, don't get me wrong, do I think Source Garner's going to have, um, going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year? Yes, I do. But, you know, if, if you're not playing against full-strength um, Tyreek, um, then I'm not I'm not willing to listen to any of this, sort of this nonsense. Though on the other side of the ball, that the Flacco to Wilson connection was genuinely scary that game. 
that was that was what was that was what was giving me spicy bum. I'm telling you now. He just always managed to he always managed to find his hands and for some reason there are a few plays. I think Wilson made five Dolphins defenders miss on a single play. He still didn't score a touchdown, which is quite incredible because normally if you make five people miss, you're going to score a touchdown. Um, but yeah, the Dolphins, the do- the problem is you can have Wilson being good, but also the Dolphins forgot how to tackle, which was which is strange considering they're a professional football organization. Um, but they did, and injured Tyreek Kill. Am I making excuses? Yes, but did we? But do you know why it doesn't matter, Ollie? Do you know why it doesn't matter? Because the Dolphins. Have made the play. Yes, exactly. The Dolphins made the playoffs. I don't care about. All right, can we mute him now, producer Cash? Can we mute him? I think we heard enough. I've got a flag. That's enough for the Dolphins. Yeah, we haven't heard a flag in a while. Uh... Yeah, so I'll keep talking about it until I get flagged. How about that, Cash? I'll make you the Cash. I'm gonna make you do your job. We're gonna talk about the Dolphins until I hear a whistle. There we go. I think we're doing a visit from producer Cash anyway. So uh, why don't you come on? Hello, gentlemen. Long time listener, first time caller. How we doing? <laughs> a long time, long time first turn, guys. Long time first. So, producer Cash, where are you from? Where are you listening from today? <laughs> no, I. Uh, there is a reason for me entrancing, entrancing, uh, joining the podcast. He's fucked it already. I've had the pressure's getting to me. No, I for first time I've actually got my own event that just gets my blood boiling, and and, and I saw my opportunity to uh, to come in and say it today. So uh, I'm going to do it. And uh, I'm going to vent about unnecessary stats. Now, no other sport that I know of, okay, records the number of stats that the NFL does, let alone display it every single place they can possibly can. And it does my head in. The one that really gets my blood boiling every time is win probability. How in the fuck, okay, can you predict... Can you predict the, the the outcome of a game? I mean, yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. If it's forty nil. Yeah, you're probably going to be right. You know, it's a pretty open and shut case. But well, we're not fighting the other side. No, that's true. Actually, <laughs> that's you're not wrong. But I mean, when it's like what within one touchdown or two touchdowns, you know, two scores, and they're then coming out with a ridiculous win probability of like ninety four percent. It's like I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't care what your stats say. Just let the game happen. I mean, am I the only one? No, I, I fully agree with you because um, there are times in which, you know, when we um, picked games that had our big thing, the people will look at it and go like, oh, there's no way. Oh, why, why are you picking this team? It's like, yeah, because that's, because I'm a, because we're pundit, we're punditing. You know, if I were to pick every game and it was right, then all the time, that would just be me spoiling the result. You know, like, you can't just you can't just be like say you can't just say stuff like that because if I get them wrong, well that means that I and that means I'm a human being, all right, and I'm not just spoiling the games for you. But consistently, I get people being like, "Oh, how, why'd you pick them?" <laughs> Grow up. And I'm happy you've said this because the win probability um, I've seen the win probability for the Dolphins against the Bills on Sunday is three point seven percent. And um, yeah, so I'm happy that you, you can rag against unnecessary stats um, with win probability being one, because that serves me very well. I think you two are angry boys. You are yeah. very angry. I like it though, Chris. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. Um, the the thing that I've got to ask is, what harm's it doing, really? Come on. All right, let just hear me out. 
Well, I think that the the, uh, the context alone makes it worthwhile. When we can now categorically say, or we have context to the fact that the Patriots against Matt Ryan, which is why I brought him up, had a 0.2% chance of winning that Super Bowl against the Matt Ryan-led Falcons. And just a few weeks ago, the Vikings had a 0.4% chance against the Matt Ryan-led Colts. I just think it adds a quantifiable context to kind of how unlikely a comeback is. And yeah, like, fine. It's a little bit annoying when you see a pop-up, but what harm does it really do to you, Chris? What are you talking about? A quantifiable context? There's literally scores. There's numbers. That's how you quantify it. You don't need a percentage for that. Do you know what I mean? I mean that's a good point. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes, like, don't get me wrong, some stats are great. I absolutely love, like, the, the, the PPR, all that stuff, everything like that. That's definitely not what I meant in PPR, but... I love. I do love stats. I just think that there's sometimes there's some stats just don't need to exist. All right, and like win probability, just watch the fucking game. You know, just watch it. He, he, is, he, he is right. It's like, let's how about we stop watching football and we just look at the win probability before the game and then go, oh, that's that's a shame, or oh, that's good, and then go to bed. Why don't we just do that? Like it is like it is complete bullets. It's like, oh, because as far as I'm concerned, it's still you know. Even if they're running, you know, all the stats through it and all that no- nonsense, at the end of the day, it's still someone going, ah, oh, yes, I think the Colts will win today. And this is valid as, like, me saying it. It's a scientific process taking into account. Sorry. I mean, I assume it's, it comes from the betting markets, I assume, because the betting markets have to come up with some form of percentages in order to create their odds. So it's it will be based on, anyway, look. You're angry. Yeah, the You're angry. I don't mind it, but I understand what you're saying. From let's 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 agree to partially agree and disagree, and let's leave this as friends and talk about the lines because Agreed. it's all goodness from there. Crit, do you want to stay? Oh, he's gone. Never mind. Everyone who could, everyone who can't see this, which is everyone, because this is just an audio thing. Uh, producer Cash is gone. Um, handing over the floor to me to talk about one of my favorite storylines of the year, uh, and it really is one of my favorite storylines. I watched a bit of the um, Hard Knocks at the beginning of the season uh, because I was already a fan of uh, more so Dan Campbell than the Lions. Um, But throughout the year, uh, they have really turned into what I think is one of the best storylines of the season. Um, This is a team where who are led by a coach that I think everyone everyone can agree that they would want to play for. Um, His team were determined as hell against Green Bay. And uh, this was despite them being eliminated. Uh, they obviously, thanks to the uh, Seahawks beating the Rams, the Lions had nothing to play for other than the fact that they could eliminate their uh, brutal enemies, I suppose we'll call them, uh, the Green Bay Packers. And they took great joy in doing so. And they did it in, I may say, magnificent fashion. It's probably one of my favourite games of the year. I don't know if you saw how much of it you saw, Tebs, but this... Uh, this was quite a, a close game all the way throughout, but then the Lions took the lead and they, they were up by 20 to 16. And that's when I really felt like it, they just, they, they were just awesome. And like the, the, it was the play called in particular by uh, Ben Johnson um, that was that was so good. And it was reflective of the way that Dan Campbell worked, likes to lead this team. So second and 17 with two minutes to go. I reckon 30 coaches out of the 32 play it very safe 
run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, just focus on getting the clock down, then either kick the field goal or punt, depending on where the field, where the, where you're on the field. But no, Ben Johnson, uh, in collaboration with Dan Campbell, I assume to a certain extent, calls a uh, very short pass to Amon Rastink Brown, who immediately pops it back to DeAndre Swift, who gashes up for 15 yards to make it third and two. Uh, a th- a, um, yeah, third and two. This is all with two minutes to go, right? Uh, they then convert that and continue down the field. Then, with one minute to go, uh, it's fourth and one. And instead of taking the easy field goal, which I, again, am convinced that the majority of the coaches in the league would do to give them a seven-point cushion and uh, make it very hard for the Packers, he trusts his players. He puts the ball in Jared Goff's hand, completes, completes a seven- or eight-yard pass to uh, to DJ Chark, who is wide open, is worth saying. And uh, they win the game. They, lock, they they iced the game there and then because he trusted his players and he they had the momentum. All they had to do was make a yard and he played to win instead of being scared of losing. He played to win. I thought it was my favorite game of the year. I love the Lions. I love them. Do you share my love for them? Well, I was going to go on one thing. You've said that about four games were your favorite game of the year This this in just this episode. But we need to pick one. I had all right. I'm a big fan. It was my favourite game that was played between the Lions and <laughs> the Packers in January in the year 2023. Um, all right, I'll take the point. I'll be better this year, Ted. Again, it's you've got to look at it from a perspective of not just taking risks, just to sort of have that is. The storyline for Aaron Rodgers is you've left too much time on the clock. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that thing with like you look at the clock, someone's kicked a field goal, and then you look at the Packers and you go, they've left too much time on the clock. And Aaron Rodgers will go and do Aaron Rodgers things, and then they'd be, uh, and they'd be in the playoffs, and then they'd lose to the 49ers in the championship game like normal. Um, you know, it's it's not a su- surprise. I think the Lions are very well put together. Um, I think. I personally had them doing a bit better this year. Um, not obviously, I didn't expect the Vikings to be um, as dominant as they were within the league. I still don't think the Vikings are good, but um, I said they're the start of the season as well. So um, shows what shows that I don't know anything about Minnesota and uh, football. Um, I think they're a good team. I think they're well put together, and I think you know the future's bright for them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the quarterback position, however, for, for my taste, because, you know, it's one, of the, it's one of those things where Jared Goff has played well, but everyone has still got this narrative in their head that Jared Goff is actually dog shit. Um, and, you know, he's not, but everyone just assumes he is. Everyone's like, oh, he's, oh Jared Goff's playing well. Yeah, it's because Jared Goff's a good quarterback. And it just seems like they're going to replace him, but they've got real no real need to. Yeah, I think that I think that he's done. I think he's done enough for sure. I mean, well, suppose at the quarterback position, you're always going to worry that he is solid but not spectacular, and therefore might come unstuck in certain moments. But I think I saw a stat, don't quote me on this, that he was 27 touchdowns but only seven interceptions. I think that was it. That's that's fantastic. Like when you consider how hard it is to find a quarterback, when you look at the Jets who have gone from whoever they had, to Sam Darnold, to um, uh, to Zach Wilson, to Mike White, to Joe. And the, you, there are plenty of other examples as well of how hard it is 
to find a quarterback. And do you know what? He did it with the Rams. He took he was in he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. I mean, granted there was a lot of that would have been the rest of the team, but he has done it before. He's had a great year this year. I don't see any reason why they should why they should move away from him personally. And uh, it's not just him. Obviously, DeAndre Swift has been injured all year, but when he's healthy, he looks fantastic. Almon Almon Rasse Brown is insane. He's a fantastic wide receiver. Jamal Williams just beat Barry Sanders' TD record with 17 touchdowns. Um, DJ Chark was looking good. The defense defense were a sieve earlier in the year. They were just letting everyone through. Later in the year, they were fantastic as well. I I mean, this team, they've got a... I'm a 49er fan, so obviously the 49ers are my favourite, but this team are my second favourite for sure. They're a delight to follow. Dan Campbell, you can't not root for him, and they've got such a likeable uh, team as well. Uh, it's a real, real shame. I've, as I said at the beginning of this uh, episode, this was the almost fairy tale because all the Rams had to do, the, if the Rams had beaten the Seahawks, it would be the, the Detroit Lions uh, in the playoffs, unfortunately facing against my 49ers. But there we have it. There we have it for another another week's worth of vents and brags. Uh, let's embarrass ourselves by making some locks of the week. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> Good, you gotta play it twice, baby. <laughs> I'll come back. Thank you, thank you, uh, Ollie. That was a lot of talk for uh, a team that even made the playoffs. Just FYI, from a producer, it, it was, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so yeah did the playoffs. No, they did. They did, did make the playoffs. You know, they did make the playoffs. Lions didn't. No, but the Dolphins did. Mad. Weird, weird though, isn't it? <laughs> All right, stop talking about it. So, we are looking at the locks from last week. So, Ollie and Dan went arm and arm to victory. Ollie picking the Seahawks and Dan picking the Jaguars. Uh, unfortunately, Tebs fell short with his Bacanias, uh, making a bit of a dud. But that's okay, because all teams made the playoffs, which is quite impressive, actually. Uh, this well, here, well, here's the thing. Well, for me, like the Buccaneers, once again, is that I think that everyone needs to understand where I'm coming from when I say, are the, are the Eagles looking really good? Yes. Are the 49ers looking good? Yes. Are the Chiefs looking good? Yes. Are the Bills looking good? Yes. Does not matter, because, like, unfortunately, guys, there is a main character of football, Right? And his name is Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers will win the Super Bowl. <laughs> he won't. I can tell you, because Big Dick Brock is going to win it. So No, he's not. No, because... We're, we're just going to get to a mud-slinging contest here. So if you'd, like me to, if you'd let me continue, please, gentlemen. <laughs> We've not even gotten <laughs> to the picks for this week. <laughs> so um, Ollie has decided to go for his Cowboys his they Cowboys, just money Cowboys. I haven't picked them actually yet this week, this, this uh, season. <laughs> They're not mine. <laughs> Dan has decided to go for apparently the uh, the main event or the main character, and that's the Bucks. And wow. Tebs, who actually for the first time ever got his pick in before someone else, <laughs> Jags. Which I, I was so proud of you when Dan messaged me, like, and I picked the Jags, and I was like, nope, sorry, unfortunately, Tebs. Honestly, yeah, get him. I know you. I know you're resting up, Dan, but get melted, get absolutely <laughs> melted, mate. So uh, when Dan uh, sent me his pick, I said, "Well, that's quite a spicy take," um, and he explained a little bit about it. So his thought process here was that no one can run on the Bucks' defense, meaning that he's going to uh, be all down to Dak. 
Dak is playing like crap, and if he turns the ball over twice against the Buccaneers, then they lose. Brady will find a way to score 20 points, not screw it up, and manage the game. Dak tries too hard and messes up. So, yeah. I mean, you're supporting Teb's argument. Ollie, you obviously, you're in a lock-off, baby. How I don't, how no, you I, that? Well, I, uh, I do like it, to be fair. Now, when I was trying to pick my locks, my lock for this week, I wasn't very confident. But there weren't many games that were in, uh, that, that were eligible to be locked. For example, I would have loved to have locked up the 49ers, but they're 9.5 favourites over the Seahawks. And then uh, the Cowboys, uh, not the Cowboys, the Bengals as well, they were similarly unpickable. So I went for the Cowboys partially because I don't really have much faith in the Buccaneers team. And also from like an emotional hedging standpoint, I thought actually I'll pick the Cowboys because I'll be happy if they win. Uh, but if they lose... I'm going to be, I'll be, as in, I'll be happy because I've locked them um, and I win the lock. However, if they lose and I lose my lock, I don't care because that is, that is hilarious. I would love, I, to me, it's worth, it's worth losing a lock for a, uh, an off season worth of cowboy drama. Mike McCarthy would 100% get fired. Um, it, I don't mind seeing Brady proceed, even though it probably means we'd have to play him. But again, I truly don't. I don't. I don't. Think, I'm not impressed by that team at all. If they beat the Cowboys, it's because the Cowboys mess up, and I think they got all of their mistakes out of the way. I think they do probably win. Um, the emotional hedge has got a bit downhill since Thou let Dan has locked them up. It doesn't work quite as well because Dan would go one ahead of me. Uh, so I kind of lose both ways now. Uh, either the Cowboys win and I'm unhappy, but I get my lock, or the Cowboys lose and uh, I lose my lock uh, and Dan wins. So anyway, long story short, I hope that makes sense. It does. Honestly, all this, all this seems to me is that like you're a cow, you're a closet Cowboys fan. That's oh, all this sounds yeah. like. You, oh, you support the Cowboys. You hate the Cowboys. Everyone hates the Cowboys. Oh yeah, but I guarantee you, like. You scrub away at that 49ers logo just a little tiny bit. There's going to be a big blue star underneath. No, there's a big blue lion, mate. There's a big blue lion for the Detroit Lions. Lies. All lies. <laughs> Who did you pick again? So I've picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know that their logo is above there. It's not a, it's not a Jags flag. It's a Dolphins flag, but they're just there as well. Um, I... <laughs> I've got a really bad track record this year of bets I did not make all coming off. All the bets I do make don't come off. All the bets that I um all the bets I did make. At the start of the season I was like, hmm, I'm gonna put a tenner on Jacksonville to make the playoffs and the Miami to make the playoffs. And the returns were good. I think I would have got like, maybe seventy five pounds or something along those lines. And I'm not really surprised by it. I think Jacksonville are gonna beat the Chargers. I know Chargers, you know, they're injured, they've got some people back, but you know, it's it's at home for the Jags. I think that's going to play a large factor in it, considering that the Chargers are going to have to go cross-country um, to get there. Uh, don't get me wrong, I don't think Jacksonville are going to make um, a huge stand in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go all the way. Um, but I think that this game against the Chargers, it's, I think it's time that, you know, for people who are non-believers of the Jags and don't think that um, there's a really good team there with a, with a bit more seasoning, especially under um, Doug Peterson, um, I think that they can sort of replicate the success they had in the past 
with Bortles and potentially go all the way um, in the next few years. Um, but, you know, for me, I think this is, I think this is the time the the Jacksonville Jaguars put some respect on their names and go a bit further into the playoffs. I have one point on that, just because I, people do say it a lot, or I have heard it a bit more, that Bortles was some kind of good quarterback. The dude was absolute trash. It was a defense that carried them, and it's yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you know what? I can't even argue with you on that one. That was that's the ro- that was the wrong choice of words. Um, there's been there's many things I hate in life, and one is taxes, two is Blake Bortles. They're the two things I hate in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I can't actually dispute that. Uh, it's yeah, it's not it, give though because that was the last time that they went to the playoffs. He was, uh, you know, it might not have been because of him, but it just. AFC Championship game. Yeah, no, that was impressive. I think, yeah, that was a. I think I can't remember exactly, but there were like the last four quarterbacks. So the championship games on each side were all four horrible quarterbacks. No, no, no. It was Foles. I think it was Foles. I want to say Trubisky, Brady, and Bortles. Yeah, delightful. Anyway, we're probably due wrapping up this podcast. So th- this means we're going to hand it straight back to Tibbs because you do such a good job of it, man. Please say goodbye to me. Hey, you've been fired. Wish everyone you've a good been fired. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if your team did not make the playoffs, well, grow up, get get good. If your team did make the playoffs, then Saturday and Sunday is for you. Games kicking off on Saturday. Games kicking off on Sunday. So even if your team didn't make the playoffs, you can sit there and weep cold ice cold tears into a frosty beverage that is what you can do this weekend but no matter if your team gets eliminated or if they make it to the divisionals join us here next week for the vent zone thank you very much goodbye and enjoy your weekend and enjoy some football podcast if my mouth gets dry sports social podcast network